Welcome to the Year of the Movie podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies from the year of the movie 2023. I put a little, put a little jazz on that one. Could you tell? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's my banter. Yeah, good, good, good starting banter. Uh, yeah, welcome everybody who's watching or listening. Um, for our video viewers, uh, the film that we were discussing today, Bryce has not seen yet, so he didn't want to get spoiled. And so it's just us today, no no switchers, just the one camera. Um, and for everybody, we are recording this basically at 10 p.m. Um, life finds a way to get in the way. <laughs> and so we're recording it at 10 p.m. So we're yeah. going to try to keep the energy up. But if, you know, it goes it goes down. It's past our bedtime. It's not. It's just <laughs> it's past our podcast time. <laughs> uh yeah so welcome i'm sebastian i'm maggie and this is our podcast why why did we start this podcast why uh 2023 is a weird year for movies indeed it is and i think this isn't the weirdest movie that's come out this year um but we started this podcast to talk about all the different ones that have come out this year and just kind of highlight how it's a wacky year even before the strikes happened and then the strikes happened and Mm. now it's an extremely wacky year (laughs) uh and just you know it's it's silly let's talk about it and there are so many movies every day uh, as uh, as this year goes on we find more movies yeah it'll it'll be a blessing (laughs) when we stop discovering new movies that (laughs) came out this year i i imagine it'll be months into 2024 we'll still yeah. be finding i don't know if we've specifically mentioned this if we have we can mention it again but our plan right now for patreon exclusive episodes is to do movies that have like a big anniversary year or um there's some like theatrical re-releases yeah. so we will be talking about like nightmare before christmas and Coraline, um a couple batman other, at some point yeah too. batman the uh Christopher Nolan trilogy yeah, got yeah. a re-release. So there are so many ways that we can find technicalities for movies to be a 2023 movie for us to talk about. Yeah. We will never run out of them. No. And before we get started, one more disclaimer. If we seem distracted... We are. We are. And that's because outside of the room where you're recording, there's a bat. <laughs> it's flying around. So, you know, we're vibing. We're going to skip and come back to the bat. (laughs) Every few seconds we see it fly by the window. (laughs) So, what movie are we talking about today? We're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little insight into me, if you were curious. I was. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, have been, I guess, a casual fan. For me, that just means I like the concept of the Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. I really didn't look too hard into it. I was just always aware of them existing and that April was a person. And that's like the extent of my knowledge was there turtles (laughs) and a rat and a woman. Yep. That's about all you need. Yeah. Hijinks ensue. So this one is the one that came out, obviously, in 2023. 2023. It's an animated movie. Is, Is this our first animated discussion Mm -hmm. i think it might be it might be our first animated discussion i would also say arguably this is our first like blockbuster Mm -hmm. or like actual blockbuster 
I guess it because like could. other ones have tried, but this no, 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 D and D, D and D. Yes, that's right. I'd say I don't think it was a, that wasn't wasn't a success in terms of the it, money that it made yeah. back, but it was that was a blockbuster. Yeah, I'd yeah. say that was a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the synopsis for this one is: after years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtle Brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps them take on a mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. If you look up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem synopsis, this is like the Google thing that is highlighted and is shown to you. This is so long. <laughs> it is. That's a long synopsis. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I feel like with just that synopsis, it, it shows that they're taking a little bit yeah. of a different take with the Teenage Unit Ninja Turtles and that, like, what they're really doing is trying to be accepted as normal teenagers. Yeah. Obviously, that has always been a thing where the turtles were like, we just want to be normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's never really a thing that, like, they can have because <laughs> they're mutants <laughs> and they're all pretty aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what were your first impressions when you heard about this movie? I was stoked. Yep. Because I love this franchise. It had a great cast. The, a, yeah. The, the the trailer music was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were introducing characters onto the screen that hadn't really been shown on, like, the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of their side characters, like Mondo Gecko and, mm-hmm. and all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was excited when I mm-hmm. first heard about it. It seemed cool. I liked the vibe of the trailer that we'll talk about. We're going to talk about the first teaser trailer that came out. Yep. One, because for scheduling reasons, it was easier <laughs> to look at the shorter trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one was like, it was really good at setting the tone mm-hmm. for and expectations for the movie. Um, and then you've talked about it a bit but how into <laughs> the teenage mutant ninja turtles franchise are you yep like i said big time, big time. i've read quite a bit of the comics mm-hmm. i will say the newer comics the ones that started in like 2013 so it's a bit of a different take mm-hmm. but i also was that kid who couldn't afford comics so i would just go on the wikipedia and read about what happens in comics mm-hmm. so i did that with the original stuff yep. um i never watched the original cartoon because that was obviously we're we're showing our youth um before mm-hmm. our time uh but i loved the 90s live action movies i grew up on those mm-hmm. um we we watched a show once that showed one image from the third one and i said oh yeah that's from teenage Mutant ninja turtles 3 we were watching <laughs> we were watching um actually just a dropout show and it's basically just jeopardy but for like Nerds. nerd and pop culture stuff <laughs> And there was a, hey, can you identify the movie based on this image? And it popped up and you got it immediately. Immediately. Because I just know these, I know these movies. I, I, I love this franchise. Uh, a little, like, obviously this podcast is about the movie. But I'm going to do a little bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lore. Is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles exists because of the Daredevil comics. Mm. Um, because when Daredevil came out, that was a pretty dark comic. Yeah. I mean, it still is. But, like, that was, like a very dark comic for that time mm-hmm. it's you know a kid gets blinded by this acid basically and then he gets superpowers from that hate when that happens um but there are a lot of parallels because the creators of teenage Mutant ninja turtles are basically parodying daredevil mm-hmm. the same acid slash ooze that blinded uh, daredevil is the same ooze that the turtles go and walk in mm-hmm. to become the mutants um and then 
the like the big organization that daredevil has to fight is uh the hand Mm-hmm. And then in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the big organization they fight is the foot. <laughs> and then Daredevil's master was a guy named Stick. Mm-hmm. And Teenage Ninja Turtles' Splinter. master is Splinter. So, like, it was very much a direct, like, causality parody of Daredevil. Yeah. Which Daredevil is one of my favorite comics as well. And so I just think I love that they were like, but what if t- Turtles? <laughs> what if Turtles were the ninjas, though? <laughs> like, what if we did that? And I think it's really interesting just like how far it's gone because it started as a parody and so like it was more like humorous but then many runs have been more dark mm-hmm. more recently they had the 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 ronin comic line which was about it's like set in the future where uh one of the turtles is still alive everyone else is basically dead mm-hmm. um so he he is a ronin and you read the comic not knowing which one survived mm um and obviously eventually you find out but it was just really interesting it's very dark and serious and i just think it is interesting like it kind of became what it was parodying but like in a different and fun way and stuff and yeah Hmm. but now we can talk about the trailer yep (laughs) yeah uh i will say i haven't seen any of the movies until we watch them or anything like that so that was you know more casual fan yeah yeah. so uh (laughs) Yeah, do you want to talk about the... Sure. Uh, And, you know, we talk about the trailer for a few reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't show the trailer. One, that's not fun for audio listeners. Two, it's not legal. Yeah. Um, So we talk about it, and it's also just a way to, like, if you haven't seen it, then you can be like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, This one is... um, I know it was easy to recap in terms of events, but it's hard to, like... Because a lot of it is, like very good at being conversational it's hard to recap dialogue in a way that doesn't feel stilted (laughs) yeah so um and like this is the teaser trailer too so like a lot of like teaser trailers are more montagey more just like clips together getting the vibe across the song was uh can you kick it yes can yes and so it's like Mm -hmm. really jumpy and cool and fun and hip with the kids Uh, But that being said, we start with slow piano music and we see New York City at night. The first credit slide uh, says, From permanent teenager Seth Rogen before fading to another shot of New York. It fades again to a slide saying, A new generation of heroes before fading to our first good look at a city street with uh, this particular animation style. And it fades to to black and it says, We'll rise straight from the sewer. And on another slide up here, there's a shot from above of a sewer manhole cover and the cover suddenly pops off and the four teenage mutant ninja turtles fly out the music starts to pick up switching to can i kick it by a tribe called quest we see the turtles on a rooftop they're messing around um with a phone camera recording themselves using their weapons to slice a watermelon in half and one says let's try that again but with ninja stars the others look excited the brother holding the watermelon. Uh, I don't know their names except for Leonardo. Okay, so, so the brother that was holding it was Michelangelo. Okay, um, and he says, "Why did we pick a fruit shaped exactly like my head?" And the other turtles uh, give the response, "Stop talking! You're ruining my concentration." Because um, you know they're about to throw the thing, mm-hmm. and then they also say, "You're fine, chill." And then one of the other ones, I think donatello says it he says he's gonna die because yeah it's a ninja star uh before the ninja star is thrown the turtle screams and the ninja star goes straight uh through the watermelon and hits something in the street below startling someone 
Leonardo is concerned, but the others say, nothing we can do. You guys want to grab pizza? I believe Raphael said that one. A title card saying, this summer comes up before a quick montage of the turtles all showing off their weapons, then briefly showing Splinter. The turtles look excited for a fight before being confronted with tough-looking humans who ask, what the heck are those things? While another says, they look like the little Shreks to me. Uh, we then see brief shots of the turtles fighting, then a shot of Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, who are characters in this universe, before a close-up of April O'Neil's eyes and uh, baby versions of the turtles in training. So, very quick cuts montage. There's the narration, We've prepared our whole lives for this, and there are shots of the turtles making their way across a rooftop, and another shot of a large truck meeting a police barricade. We then see a turtle trip, launching his throwing knife rounding a garage, bouncing off walls. It's not a throwing knife, actually. That's a sigh. Whatever. <laughs> Until landing in another turtle's leg. There's a brief pause before he screams, and the rest freak out that their brother was stabbed. There's some chaos from the reactions before the movie title comes up full screen. After April writes in her notebook and says, So you were baby turtles who made contact with Mystery Goo? And the turtles respond, we prefer ooze, and then riff off on the word ooze for a bit before the trailer ends on a full screen graphic with voice cast listed. That whole, like, the last five seconds basically is them all just going ooze, ooze over each other. Ooze, yeah. So and that's, no, that's they no. always say ooze, like, in the comics, too, <laughs> yeah. but the, the second live action movie from the 90s, its subtitle is Secret of the Ooze. Like, yeah. ooze is always kind of what they say mm -hmm. so you know we're all poking fun at that it's hard to recap that of like ooze, ooze, ooze. Yeah. yeah um yeah so that was the teaser trailer um obviously it's a lot of words that we just said mm -hmm. but it's you know a quick paced teaser trailer to get you hyped yeah. for the movie and an actual trailer i wanted to recap this one partially because i did it right before we started recording yep. um and it is 10 o'clock um but then also because this was like this one like we were, we were obviously interested hearing about this movie that it was going to come out but then i just feel like it set the bar really high for expectations of the movie and just the overall vibe of it yeah, and definitely then did. the um the last slide of just everyone's names on I mean, the screen it's a lot of names the cast is massive uh-huh um and then obviously it's a teaser trailer, so it doesn't reveal a whole lot about the plot or potential villains, but it really just is like, here's the vibe set <laughs> that you can expect six months from now. Yeah. Uh, so like we said, cast is massive. We'll start talking about the movie now, I think. Yeah. So if you don't want spoilers, I would say, you know, maybe stop listening now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. The cast is massive. Um, it, it's so... Okay. So the, the four main turtles mm -hmm. are played by actual like teenagers. Yeah. Which is cool. They, you know... This was the first time that I feel like... In movie at least. Maybe... In some of the cartoons they feel a bit more like kids. A little bit. But this was the first one where it was like, oh, these really are these teenage boys. These are really boys. young. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the cast is, is wild. Um, especially like a lot of the, the the characters talk for like a second it's honestly like cameos yeah for a lot of them yeah because they just introduce so many characters in this movie like like you said like uh rocksteady and bebop yeah. like those are pretty established characters mm -hmm. but then the whole movie kind of does that of yep. like it introduces everyone for new audiences but then 
it also does it so briefly that it kind of like doesn't super, it's not super significant unless you are super familiar with the franchise and then you're like that's not just like a bat that's wingnut i know who wingnut is yeah um yeah so april o'neill was voiced by oh god do you know how to, i'm terrible io edibiri io edibiri maybe um She's April, and obviously April is is a big character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also in the Bear. Yeah, she's it, she's doing great right now. She's in Bottoms, which we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, excited um, for Bottoms. Um, just trying to see. There's one other Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. And what we do in the shadows. And then she also shows up in um, Abbott Elementary. Yeah. She's she's a writer and producer and actor. Like she. She's everywhere right she's now. Comedian. She's great. Yeah. Um, Maya Rudolph voices uh, the villain, or one of the villains, mm-hmm. Cynthia Utram. Uh, John Cena is Rocksteady, and Seth Rogen is Bebop. Rocksteady and Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> they are, like, probably some of the more established mutant villains yeah. in, in TMNT. Mm-hmm. Rose Byrne is Leatherhead. Uh, Natasia... Dimitrio is Wingnut, and she is most known for the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Um, she's great in that. Every time I read her last name, I kept thinking Dimitrescu from Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter Stockman. Also a cameo role. Yeah, he's barely in the movie. He does not live long enough to have a larger role. Jackie Chan, Splinter, Ice Cube, Superfly, Paul Rudd, Mondo Gecko, uh, Post Malone is Ray Filet, Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog, um, and then just kind of other people. Derek Wilson. Mr. Beast, I did not realize was. Yeah, in this no, movie. yeah, sorry. Very goofy. Mr. Beast was had a very small voice. Yeah. Derek Wilson, uh, I do know him. He was in Future Man, I think, mm-hmm. which was a Hulu TV show with Josh Hutcherson. Oh, okay. And Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's probably how okay. they... But yeah, the cast is stacked. Yeah. And apparently when recording... Because most times when... Because this is animated. Typically when you record for an animated movie, you do all of your lines by yourself. Yeah. But for this one, they were all in a room together so that the energy could like actually be there, which definitely showed. Like I could tell yeah. that like they were feeding off of each other even though it was an animated film. Yeah. So you couldn't like see them feeding off of each other. Um, I have that in production notes later on, but um Seth Rogan wanted to do that or he thought about doing that based on his experience um doing the uh god like the the lion king oh right um, yeah i forgot that he was in that one yeah the live and, action and just, <laughs> quote unquote. yeah um and then also like so he had some experience doing that that is that's not the typical thing it's normally you're just one person in a yeah. studio by yourself um but then also just seeing all of the kids together mm-hmm. um like in the kitchen or something like that and they're all just making fun of each other and screaming over each other yeah. all at the same time and he was like this is that's the what energy we want. he wanted yeah. yeah and that definitely comes across in the oh, movie, yeah, entire definitely. movie um that yeah <laughs> them actually being kids and acting like kids yeah i think was great um there they, were apparently which is not surprising but there were hundreds of 
um like submissions mm-hmm. for the audition process uh apparently seth rogan watched every single one um and then narrowed it down to like 10 kids or something like that mm-hmm. and then based the casting process off of a chemistry read with all of them together and then yeah. these four are the ones that all made it and uh we haven't actually said their names but micah abby nicholas Cantu, uh shaman brown jr and brady noon yeah um i don't know much about their respective Mm-mm. careers um or how established they are but they definitely all make sense together yeah um and as we said you know this is an animated film mm-hmm. um and the animation is is animation it's very stylistic yes which i like that they're giving it their yeah. own style not doing just like a basic like so 3d rendering there's a couple reasons for that um one of them is there are two their co-directors for this movie kyler spears and jeff Rowe, or Rao, um r-o-w-e but jeff is the director of the mitchells versus the machines mm-hmm. um and a bunch of other things like Gravity Falls and et cetera. Um, he wanted to kind of continue the vibe of the Mitchells versus the Machines and do something against what people will expect from an animated movie and also doing that with the animation style. And then it was also heavily inspired by like the high school sketchbooks that he would do. Yeah. Um, and kind I of, can see that. Yeah, keeping it in that kind of high schooler style of like it's very imperfect. There's a lot of random impact lines in places that don't necessarily need them. Um, animators were apparently encouraged to make things like uglier or more closely resemble the concept art because it, it. I do feel like that's a thing that you see of like you see the concept art of like solely from Monsters Inc or something like that, and you're like, what is that? That's so far removed from the final product. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of encouraged to like keep it in like their initial instinct basically. And then it's also very like with that teenage art style of like exaggerated features, random lines, and then uh, leaning into a more punk vibe mm-hmm. is what they were going for. Um, it does kind of read a little messy at times. Yeah. When there's so, like, when there's a lot of action and explosions and just like a lot of stuff happening and a lot of this movie takes place at night because they're ninjas. So they have to sneak around. Mm-hmm. And so it's dark and there's a lot happening. Yeah. It gets a little hard to look at just cause there's so much stylization happening. It's kind of, um, input overload. <laughs> yeah. At some points, um, which I, I didn't really mind for the most part, but there were a few times definitely during like once it gets closer to the climax of the movie, I feel like I had to like turn part of my brain off to just like just let the images happen. Don't analyze them all that much, which like I want to. I want to appreciate the art style, but there's so much going on (laughs) that it's hard to do that, too. Um, The soundtrack is great one of the best soundtracks we've heard this year Mm -hmm. i'd say um i know seth rogan when making the soundtrack he said i wanted to give the vibe of the tony hawk skate one and two games nice um and i can definitely see that inspiration yeah um Um, i believe there are i do playlists for it on spotify have one small little complaint with it okay a lot of this movie was modernizing 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But then all of the music is like 90s. Yeah. For the most part. Um, which it helped. And I think it's probably because this movie, from what I can tell, is aimed at parents who who liked it growing up. Yeah. Who have young children who could get into a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. So, like, the music was more for the parents. Yeah. It's I just, I don't know. I feel like, especially with how they portrayed these turtles, those turtles wouldn't have liked this music. I don't know about that because, like, everything is cyclical and retro is cool all the time. And now 90s is retro and the music applies to So, that. I agree. But my little cousin he doesn't like that kind of music and he's the same age as these turtles mm. and from what i can tell and i'm not saying he you know is every teenager mm -hmm. ever he you know is just my insight into the youths maybe Bef liam isn't cool <laughs> <laughs> well that's the different that's a different story um but from what i can tell liam is sort of in just the general what is popular right now crowd mm -hmm. um and it's not a lot of that music that's fair um so i have a little issue with that yeah. again super great soundtrack mm -hmm. i don't know if it super fits but yeah um i also wouldn't have liked this movie if the soundtrack was more modern rap and whatever is like popular because i don't think that would have fit as whatever well. the youths are into what, yeah but yeah. i don't know it just felt like a weird that's fair shift um i have no judgment on whether or not liam is actually cool but no you said it and i'm telling <laughs> i'm gonna say liam man you said you weren't cool and he's gonna be like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can ask my cousin see what music he's into that's true that's that's our population size <laughs> is two yeah <laughs> uh yeah i think um i really like uh well hmm, i'm trying to figure out how to word <laughs> this so i have fewer issues with the movie than you did it's true at least when we initially walked out of the theater yeah um which was last week yeah i because I am very inexperienced with the franchise, just kind of like accepted the vibes that were given to me mm -hmm. and didn't have a whole lot to compare them to mm -hmm. from previous experience. Um, but I do think that the soundtrack is kind of like another factor in this thing of just, I really, I really like the vibes. That's my... Yeah. That's my whole takeaway from this movie. Spoiler. I like the whole vibes. <laughs> um, and it is like, if you look a little bit beneath the vibes into like the actual story structure or things like that, then things get much trickier. Yes. Um, on whether or not it super holds up or like the animation style is great. I thought the entire teaser trailer was like the perfect amount uh -huh. of like texture and everything yeah. was really cool but then you see the whole movie and it kind of gets overwhelming at at times the soundtrack is kind of like that of like i really like 
again the vibes yes. <laughs> of this movie if i think about it too hard about like would these turtles actually be into <laughs> 90s hip-hop r&b rap yeah. whatever i don't know i don't know if that's a super established part of their character but they don't really talk a whole lot about like what they are into they make a lot of modern references to yeah. the point where i'm like in five years is this movie going to be understandable just because the the internet moves so fast yeah. like will any of these references still be relevant and i feel like one of the only other times that they mention music specifically is they mention briefly that like they go out into the world in secret because splinter is afraid of humans and everything and mm -hmm. he doesn't want them to be exposed um but they mentioned briefly that they snuck into an adele concert mm -hmm. and that's like kind of the only other time that they mention <laughs> what they are into yeah and you can't really set adele to this soundtrack uh -uh. it would be an experience <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know if it'd be a good one <laughs> yeah yeah and so i guess we should say like what happens in this movie right yeah we can talk about the plot <laughs> yeah so the the plot of the movie is basically you know they're turtles then they're trying to fit in mm -hmm. um and meanwhile there is a string of robberies happening um and so the turtles think well if we you know solve this case the humans will love us mm -hmm. and so they meet april who is a is the, the journalist april in this one um, mm -hmm. she's in high school as well She's, like, figuring stuff out. Very talented for a high school journalist. Yeah. Um, She's got the whole board with the red yeah. strings and everything. And in this in this telling, they were all created um, because uh, Baxter... All the mutants were created. Yeah. yeah. Baxter Stockman was messing with stuff in, uh, in his own personal lab, creating his own little family of mutant animals. Mm -hmm. um, and so he had all of his mutant animals, but then some of the ooze fell into the sewer and got onto the turtles and Splinter when they were tur little turtles and a rat. Now, how did the turtles get in the sewer? Great question. I don't know. It doesn't mention that. Yeah, it it's just rarely ever mentioned. It's mentioned from, uh, like the whole flashback sequence is from Splinter's POV. Yeah. And he's just like, I was a rat outcast. Other rats didn't like me. Yeah. Humans definitely didn't like rats. And then I found you guys. And when he finds them, then they're already in the ooze, yeah. kind of wiggling around. And then he gets in the ooze. To get them out. Yeah. 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 And so it fast forwards like 14 years or whatever. 15. 15. The turtles are 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. um, they're a string of robberies. And the string of robberies are being done by the other mutants who are now kind of, it seems, they seem older than the turtles. Superfly definitely is, but the Superfly, other ones yeah. also seemed older to so me. So in the whole other flashback sequence that the movie really starts off with, then it's Baxter Stockman in his lab with a little a, a little big baby fly yeah. that he made. <laughs> a baby-sized fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that fly already has like special abilities because it takes out a whole uh SWAT team essentially yeah. it's not SWAT but whatever their actual company is um so then like he Stockman dies and then the fly takes as many samples of other mutants as it can yeah. to like continue on that family vision mm -hmm. and then yeah some of the 
some of the ooze just went missing it just ends up in the sewer yeah um it wasn't intentional and then i guess they really only show the other mutants like very briefly like superfly is the only one who's out of the tube he's like older but there's no indication of like how long he's been out of the tubes and then you basically just see like little baby rhino is in (laughs) is floating in ooze (laughs) um and so so, like now we're in the present superfly is basically he's creating a device and the device is going to kill all the humans and then turn every living thing into a mutant he wants to change uh basically the natural social structure or what we yeah. view as the natural social structure so humans aren't at the top of the food chain anymore yeah. and so the turtles are trying to stop that mm-hmm. and then superfly so eventually the turtles i'm skipping a lot because a lot of it i don't think is super important unfortunately <laughs> the turtles basically convince the other mutants that superfly is doing a bad thing well so they were already kind of hesitant to do it but the, well that's what we were told yeah they never really show that true according to the mutants <laughs> they were already hesitant about committing mass genocide yeah and then the turtles were like so don't <laughs> don't please and they're like oh yeah we never knew that was an option but superfly is like their big brother he's also kind of like the patriarch of their little yeah. family unit so they felt like essentially they had never told him no for anything because mm-hmm. they never had a reason to so then they just kept going along with everything yeah. until he became a villain and then they were like oh no <laughs> wait <laughs> yeah um so they convince they 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 all join together to fight superfly to stop the machine from going off mm-hmm. they stop it from going off it falls into the river it goes off in the river with Superfly, and then somehow that causes him to turn into a giant kaiju mutant, basically, where it, it takes a bunch of other animals, and they then they form together like Voltron um, to create one giant kaiju. Yeah. And so he starts uh, attacking the city. The turtles and the other mutants start defending the city. Uh april o'neill gets onto a broadcast and says that these mutants are good don't hurt them they're trying to help yeah because at first they're it's like exactly what the turtles feared and everyone is afraid of them because they just see like mutants across the board yeah. and they're like all bad got it and then april a- has to be like nah no. they're good and then new york is like hey okay yeah everyone unanimously was like let's believe this 15 year old with zero evidence yep. to back up her claims <laughs> and we're just gonna be like turtles good got it <laughs> and i know this is a children's movie <laughs> so we need <laughs> we need to be nice about this being a children's movie <laughs> but they all join together they stop superfly um then the city is like hey okay you guys are cool with us and the yeah. turtles go to high school and everyone is totally cool with it april is now a beloved student because you know she helped save new york city yeah that's like the basic plot um do you want to talk about april or do you have other oh yeah april yeah we can talk about april so i like this version of april i agree um i again not super familiar with a lot of versions of her but the stuff that i have seen like in the 90s movies then they just they really don't give her a whole lot to do like she's there she has 
she's emotionally significant to them but then in the first two yeah she does the most i think because the first one like she's a, a journalist you know she wants to be a, a news anchor and she's like she's working her way right. to that and she's like she's cracking the story she's like a asking the police chief these hard-hitting questions the second one she is an anchor um she's following a story about this lab yeah is doing these tests like it totally it doesn't totally brush her aside in the way that other 90s movies have no. to women and uh, she's like a she is a part of the crew yeah just not a ninja turtle <laughs> april is still significant to this group i feel like they mm-hmm. make her like i don't more significant or um i don't know she's just her they character, give her more personality just yes. with like throwaway lines and not like 90s woman throwaway lines yeah of just like ah, yeah. i went shopping <laughs> yeah she's she's good um people were i was looking at articles and then i was like actually this sucks and i don't want to quote anything but people were obviously gross online unfortunately yeah. about this version of april physically because she is one black yep. two not skinny yep. um so that's the perfect combo mm-hmm. <laughs> for internet trolls um she was you know a realistic new york high school student like that yeah yeah she yeah she's fine she looks like a regular person mm-hmm. she that's the whole thing was with this animation style is yeah. like people and characters and everyone will have imperfections and you will see that and then internet saw that and was like I hate this fictional 14-year-old. Yeah. So, that's fun. Um, but... Personality-wise, the movie does a lot with her. Yeah. Um, they, She has anxiety. Like, uh, a whole big thing about this movie is everyone is really a teenager. Yeah. Um, so, she tries to do her local news, or the school news, yeah, and then yeah. she throws up. She becomes a meme. Um, and then she goes on to she has to overcome her anxiety and get in front of the camera and do this to the new york news and tell them that the turtles are good and everything she throws up again but then she's like cool about it this time (laughs) um and then it kind of the movie kind of does a thing that a lot of movies do where the climax happens and then the woman is just like gently pushed aside (laughs) and does not participate in anything that happens this almost does that but it's in a way that makes sense of like the turtles have been training their whole lives yeah to face some sort of threat they're facing the threat april is still a human child and like this is the best way that she can help is to speak for them basically so it's not i'm not mad about it the fact that like i don't need her to throw a punch in this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. um I think April is probably the character they got most right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like I said earlier, my favorite comic line of the Turtles is the newer one, and that is a retelling. Mm-hmm. They changed the backstory. Um, in in that one, April isn't a journalist; she's a scientist, mm-hmm. um, which I actually like quite a bit because um, she is able to do more, like just in, like. That still makes sense to me, yeah. She can help with the turtles and, like, all the fight stuff. And then Donatello, who is, like, the nerdy one and scientist, Mm -hmm. has someone to, like, 
bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. instead of just being like made fun of for being the dork yeah um she works for baxter stockman um mm. i like that one a lot but the journalist one is the main thing that she's pretty much always been yeah um and it, i think this is true to that mm-hmm. the other characters not not really not really doing that for me um it is again children's movie but yes the yeah that was and i'm like so like i'm fu- i love retellings yeah that's great but if the characters aren't the characters then why use the name like the branding um it it was a bit tropey yes and a lot of it was told that this is what's happening but nothing was really shown like michelangelo he's the funny goofy young younger brother like that's Mm -hmm. pretty typical for this story and universe but stuff in this one was just like out of nowhere he was like whoa i can sign up for an improv club i love improv yeah and it was just like but you haven't like he's just kind of he was in the background for a lot like i noticed like there were scenes where even like (laughs) it's animated so obviously they figure out the blocking and everything yeah they make it themselves but there there were scenes where he was behind his other brothers and you couldn't even see him there were several parts where it was like part of it is like leonardo is kind of separated from the rest of them because he like uh I was trying to say rat it out and then it was like no the movie didn't like that because yeah. splinters are rat he tattled to yeah. on them to splinter he's more the goody two shoes and the yeah. leader and that, that's that's so always they, true they, separ- they physically separate him from the other three for a little bit yeah. but besides that there are several other moments where it's just it will just frame up only three of them yeah um which like which i understand framing four is like not super it's not easy great but it is like the it's, thing that this franchise is known for yeah the four of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but like michelangelo i felt like barely made any jokes unless he was saying he was making a joke and I, then yeah. donatello had more one-liners and like i know that like before like the big tech thing was like a thing for donatello's character donatello was another like wisecracker in the 90s movies he does a lot of wisecracking too i mean they all do but, like, it was yeah. sort of split between Mikey and Donnie. Um, and I just thought it was weird that, like, they still made Donatello sort of the techie one. Mm-hmm. But then he was still making more jokes, from what I remember, than Michelangelo. And it just didn't quite feel right to me. Um, Raphael. Mm-hmm. Raphael is always supposed to be, like, the angry one. Yeah. Um, I think the, the 90s movies do a great uh explanation as to why um like they kind of show like he's already a moody teenager right Mm -hmm. so like he goes out on his own and then he basically gets jumped yeah he sees just how bad the world is right that is enough to cause like someone in a tight 90 movie to be the cranky angry one for the rest of the franchise yeah it sets up it shows pretty quickly like they have a complicated relationship with humans and this is a source for his anger in the comic that i read the the newer one he is an angry one in that because he got separated from the rest of the turtles uh basically he was oozed but they weren't grown yet mm-hmm. and he got separated he fell he fell from the other ones and so he grew up on his own in the streets of new york city mm. trying to figure stuff out 
And so that caused a lot of anger. And that super makes sense to me. In this one, they keep saying he's angry, but he's not. I think the way that they justify it in this is, again, the teenage thing where they're just like, kind of everyone is experiencing hormones in different ways. Yeah. Where Leonardo is now like he's interested in April. He's interested in like girls and dating. Yeah. Um, and that's like a part of hormones. And then <laughs> the way that which one is it? Mm-hmm. angry one Raphael. Raphael. the way that Raphael is experiencing hormones is through just rage just for reasons but i feel like they barely show it he's not even that angry i i feel like in this version yeah they say that he's angry he's, he doesn't he's just big he doesn't come across as angry he he's comes like across as like football brother physically strong yeah, yeah he's the jock but then at the end they're like raf use that rage and and focus it on this he's yeah like, yeah i can do that and then they couch it a little bit where they're like we're gonna get you some therapy buddy <laughs> like <laughs> but like it's never it's never really shown and i like i understand that a big part of why this movie is telling instead of showing is because they stacked the characters everyone. i mean everyone is in this movie and so yeah. like, they're trying to introduce all of these characters but also focus on the main the main squad um Leonardo, I, I'd say that he's still pretty close to mm-hmm. his because Leonardo's like, I don't know. He's the leader and the leader exterior wise is always the most boring one mm. because they have to be, you know, they they are the path. And they are they are good. Obviously, in the comics, they find ways to make, you know, that more interesting and stuff. Yeah. Um, I saw in some interview, Nicholas Cantu um, said or like they all wanted to give some sort of like they all wanted to make their characters their own which makes sense uh nicholas was saying that like he wanted to make leonardo more nervous because he's like not a reluctant leader but just an incredibly inexperienced one where they do again say yeah. <laughs> not show that yeah. leonardo is the leader of all of them it seems like a pretty predetermined thing before the movie starts like this is an already established fact and then now leonardo has yeah. to deal with that and he's like he doesn't know what he's doing so he wanted to make that a character choice of like this is a nervous boy (laughs) (laughs) and i can i I get that i do like that i think that's good Mm -hmm. um splinter for this movie it it fits i don't like it i really don't like it Mm -hmm. um he hates all humans which is rare i feel like rarely a thing that splinter does Splinter is always cautious of humans. He understands that, like, if his sons were to go up into the real world, the humans probably wouldn't accept them. And so he's looking out for his kids. That has always been a thing. That's always a thing. They do show with this in that flashback sequence of, like, he... He tried once. The turtles were always interested in the human world. So then he tried once when they were really young to bring them up there. And then it super didn't go well. So then they went back underground. He basically has PTSD of humans and a lot a lot of trauma there but he i don't know is like sort of a weird conspiracy theorist prepper type of i really thought they were gonna he's like he's not that bad he's just incredibly nervous about everything but i really thought for a bit that he was gonna go like not QAnon, but like very tinfoil hat no like like that was the vibes they were giving this character because they 
we have not talked about this at all one of the recurring jokes that they have is like the i think it's supposed to be like an out of touch parent bit where he's like you're gonna go up there and the humans are gonna find you they're gonna hate you and then they're gonna milk you yeah and that's like a reoccurring thing that happens and then uh they're like that's obviously not true and then later on they get milked there's a milking machine for some reason it's Um, fine (laughs) and and another thing with this one is that they had no prior martial arts experience or connection to ninjutsu Mm -hmm. um but then when they went out into the real world the first time and it didn't go well and Splinter got super nervous, he just watched YouTube and mm-hmm. then he taught his kids from YouTube, which means he wasn't actually a martial arts master. Yeah. He had no background in it whatsoever. And so he was learning as they were learning. Um, and so every time we see the four turtles and Splinter fight for the first time in this movie is their first time fighting in their lives. Yeah um and so like i I like that like it is just like a very like you're seeing where they're starting i like the concept of a parent learning along with their kids yes that's interesting to me the first time that splinter fights after they're milked (laughs) after they're milked splinter (laughs) comes in and saves the day and fights everyone um one he kills like many of them yeah you see the, like the kill count of splinter in this children's movie is wild he yeah. takes one of their batons and slams it into their face through it you see like the the turtles first fight is in that garage april's scooter gets stolen and they yeah they beat up the bad guys basically who stole it um you see them being very nervous and like everyone it's it's that type of fighting um where if you don't think about it in a kid's show it's like yeah everyone got knocked out we're not going to think about the the (laughs) what happens when you get a concussion or the long-term side effects of that and then splinter shows up and yeah he He stabs people he stabs through the face mask like there's no it's it's very obvious that like your dad is killing for you (laughs) and also in this fight scene he's super nervous still yeah he, he like runs away to get away from people mm-hmm. like you could say it's a tactical retreat but like he's nervously and scared running away he gets really lucky through a lot of it which is just not splinter it just, it's not mm. and i know that they did this because splinter is voiced by jackie chan mm. and that was a very jackie chan fight scene like he was like using yeah. things around him like a rolling chair with the wheels and like spinning them and stuff yeah very much like jackie chan Mm -hmm. so i i know that they did it specifically for that but it's just not who splinter is and i get it it's a retelling they're making the characters different yeah it just didn't resonate with me a lot like a long-term turtles Mm -hmm. fan i also have a problem i have a lot of problems this is fine this is the section of my notes where it just says sebastian's thoughts go here yep (laughs) um so <laughs> they all grew up in New York City. All of the kids have like pretty New York accents mm-hmm. and Splinter sounds like Jackie Chan because mm-hmm. he's voiced by Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. But why? Like I I in the lore there's a reason for it. I know that this is a children's movie and I shouldn't I shouldn't dive this deep into it. Yeah. 
but I am genuinely confused <laughs> why. I mean, because in in those the 20 like 14 2016 live action yeah. turtle movies that Michael Bay produced or whatever um <laughs> Splinter is voiced by Tony Shalhoub <laughs> and that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's right but it at least makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can I don't know. It wasn't a huge issue to me cuz I was just like yeah jackie chan is here like it's just it it wouldn't have been an issue to me had they not established that he had no connection to martial arts or ninjutsu yeah it was purely i was a outcast rat none of the other rats liked me Mm -hmm. i also got oozed and i learned from youtube yeah martial arts you don't really see any of them learning to speak or anything like that um it didn't bother me that much just because um what's her face is it leatherhead the crocodile Mm. has an australian accent yeah uh and so i guess some of it is just built into the dna is what they're saying but why is the rat ice cube sounds like ice cube as superfly like he talks very he speaks very differently than paul rudd does (laughs) so like i know i shouldn't have like that is a problem i know i shouldn't have but i have it Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't stop me <laughs> all right <laughs> um i think i mean obviously there wasn't much character development there but mondo gecko by paul rudd was also pretty close to who mondo gecko is um he was fun i do have a little bit of a problem that they sort of redeemed all of the other mutants um rock City and bebop are antagonists and yeah. and there's nothing in this movie that says they won't still be antagonists they just you know also decided genocide wasn't cool mm-hmm. um but i don't know it just it was weird to me that they because some of these characters are sometimes allies sometimes like kind of antagonists not yeah. like they, they usually fight for the same thing but they're also at like doing their own thing yeah um I will say I am not familiar with Superfly. I don't I don't remember I, I think I think no, I know for sure. I know for sure Superfly is an established character. Oh, okay. Um I don't know him that well. Mm-hmm. Um in the comic line that I read, they have a character who is sort of along the same mindset of humans are bad. Let's turn humans into mutants. Mm-hmm. Not a fly. He's a cat yeah um and i I feel like if they had that character concept like i don't know if they just didn't want to pull from that if superfly was originally like this in the original stories um because also i think a lot of these characters are from the original cartoon and not just the comics i think so and i know more about the comics than the cartoons yeah um, I did not realize that Superfly was an established character because uh, from the little that I read about... I mean, I'll look it up, but I'm almost positive. Yeah, the little that I read about different um, actors coming on board, then Ice Cube joined because they told him the character's name is Superfly, and he laughed at that. Yeah. Um, and then he also said, like, my kids love the Ninja Turtles. Of course I'll do it. 
so it to me okay. like from the context of that it seemed like they pitched this idea to him and yeah. then he said yes so it yeah so it is established okay um in the 1987 series an experiment gone wrong turns baxter into oh, superfly yes that's right a giant mutant horsefly um um i forgot i have that written down for later in my notes because um at one point they considered making baxter the villain of yeah. this movie because he's typically a major antagonist and ac- across the board yeah uh yeah so i mean uh, again entertaining movie as a teenager into turtles fan i have problems but i think even outside of having problems with like the characters the movie does so much telling and not showing because it they does. just they open their scope so wide they for the cr- first one they cram a lot into this like, and, like if they had just like been like whoa superfly you're another mutant that mm-hmm. we didn't know about that's crazy and had none of the other extra mutants <laughs> none of the other extra mutants they could have established all of those characters so much more mm-hmm. instead of just telling us because i think a lot of what this movie is relying on is an already established understanding of who the turtles are at least which yeah. is why a lot of it is like, oh yeah, Leonardo's the leader, Michelangelo's the funny one, he's a rage guy, he's just he's the tech guy. But it's it's changed it enough for it to be like, but these aren't the same characters. So I do I have that problem. I think you've just described what rebooting a series is like the whole problem with just it. Don't do it then. Because <laughs> this is like do this is the seventh <laughs> movie. <laughs> for this franchise <laughs> there's only so much that you can do <laughs> the seventh movie really. yeah that's what that's what all the articles that i read all all three of the articles there's that i read three and the two and then there was one animated nickelodeon one that i know about sure Wait. i think this is uh i read that this huh. is nickelodeon studios first cg animated movie yeah the last one that they did with the turtles uh was the 2d animation style mm-hmm. um and that was ben schwartz do as leonardo oh yeah neat yeah i think i think those are all the gripes i have um <laughs> i did you know i love this franchise so mm-hmm. being able to see any of it is fun yeah um uh i will say to like from what i have read then it seems like this this script went through um a lot of different versions um and like the they basically didn't know like which version of the story they were trying to tell Mm. if they were trying to highlight like these are young turtles or if they were trying to um show like trying to expand the world basically um so i feel like a lot of that chaos like this this is a very tight script like this version that exists now it hits all of the beats exactly when you think they're going to which is a little to me was a little boring but again it was a rushed movie in my opinion a lot of it was just like because there was so much they just crammed it in like all of a sudden it was like we're working together now yeah Ah, we won but that's that's why i think a lot of the telling versus showing exists is because like they they just finally got to a point where they were like, we need to explain that this thing is happening so yeah. that this next thing can happen. And then we can explain the world that we're creating. Yeah. Um, Production facts or anything else you want to talk about? 
Well, I was going to say that they kind of left it up in the air for a sequel. Oh, I've got info on that. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Production facts. This was released in <laughs> theaters August 2nd, 2023. That release date was moved around a couple of times, um, but it eventually was released earlier than what they originally announced. Um, it's a runtime of one hour, 39 minutes, and it has a PG rating, so definitely we're not necessarily the target audience. Um ratings for it are 96% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 90% audience score, 74 out of 100 on Metacritic, and an A on Cinema Score. 96 is high. People like this movie. I, I'm i glad they like it. Yeah. I like when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, is in the limelight. Yeah. I don't think it's that high. Um. Well, I found an article or a review that kind of agrees with you, but like this is like the ending paragraphs of an otherwise very positive New York Times article. Um, it says, in the end, there's little complexity to the characters and no surprise to the plot. And even the messaging about tolerance, good intentions, and outsiders finding their brood is so unimaginatively expressed that it feels cliche. A film unintentionally stuck in its own kind of adolescence, Mutant Mayhem has plenty of charm, but tries so hard to be cool, funny, and relevant, so totally online that it forgets to kick back with the slice, some buds, and just, you know, vibe. Yeah, so that can be <laughs> summarized with how I feel. Um, I want to love this movie. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, I th- like I think the teaser trailer said it really high, yeah. and then we're just—I think it's just it's like being an adolescent movie or focusing on the fact that these are teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yeah. Then we're we've aged out of that as yeah. being totally relevant. Yeah. Um, I do also think I've got some issues with the New York Times as a publication, <laughs> and <laughs> this does read, especially the last sentences of being so totally online. It does read like kind of. Who cares about the youths? <laughs> yeah. uh, was it a successful movie with how high it was reviewed? So I think... I forget the exact math of like what we talked about with the D&D movie. But overall, everyone is saying yes. Um, so the budget was $70 million. Uh, at box office, as of September 13th, it has a worldwide, worldwide gross of... 162 million dollars and 112 million of that is from us and canada um it was projected to earn 30 million dollars over the first five days of release and it earned 45 million dollars so it's it's performed a little more than expected um like we've mentioned a lot (laughs) um the big focus that seth rogan had um, which we haven't talked about him at all this episode. <laughs> he is the driving force behind this. He voices Bebop. He p- voices Bebop. He is credited as a producer and a co-writer. Yeah. Um, I forget if he has a screenplay by or a story by credit. Uh, um, I did want to say, I forgot about this. The introduction of Rocksteady and Bebop. Very good. I loved that. They they were playing music and they were just kind of like. They're just vibing. They're just dancing to the music and like being tough but like still dancing yeah i loved that yeah okay sorry um so a quote from seth rogan talking about the tone that he wanted to set for the movie he says as a lifelong fan of ninja turtles weirdly the teenage part of teenage mutant ninja turtles was always the part that stuck out to me the most and as someone who loves teenage movies and who's made a lot of teenage movies and who literally got their start in the entire profession by writing a teenage movie the idea of kind of honing in on that element was really exciting to us i mean not disregarding the rest but really using that as kind of a jumping off point for the film that's definitely the intention with a lot of it especially with like the actors being so young and the way that they 
like they're just so excited about the concept of high school mm-hmm. um and like it is a little tropey but they really all are trying to like they're very young and they're discovering who they are and yeah. their interests and finding other people like them and like teenagers want to fit in that's like a whole thing that you experience at some point in your life um and i just yeah i think that makes sense it is also it's pretty obvious that like this is a or like what seth rogan's vision is just with the way that he's credited in the teaser trailer where it's this professional teenager or permanent teenager seth rogan um so it all seems to be the way that he wanted um i also found this quote from co-director jeff rowe that i thought was very funny of um he wanted it to be the ultimate coming of age film and then compared it to stand by me and ladybird (laughs) two wildly different movies (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying to (laughs) i can see stand by me yeah I feel like it's not Ladybird. <laughs> I feel like he was put on the spot and needed to think of, of like another relevant another movie? relevant teenage movie that wasn't something that Seth Rogen made. <laughs> yeah, which like book smart. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like <laughs> stand by me, even I'm just like why? I could, I could almost. <laughs> I will almost give it to him just because a huge part of Lady Bird is like the parent uh, child yeah. dynamic. And that is also a big part of this movie is like, um, you know, kids growing up, parenting changes as kids age or so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big focus of Lady Bird as well. It's a much more serious movie because 9-11 is a huge factor in that plot. I mean, this takes place in New York, so 9-11 is always a huge factor. (laughs) Awful. (laughs) Do you think the turtles forgot? Anyways. (laughs) I I hear that they also wanted to make the turtles more relatable. Yeah. Where did you hear that? Is that that true? Yeah. So, um... (laughs) that's partially why a lot of the source material was kind of ignored or put to the side like a lot of the things that you have mentioned that you have issues with um we also didn't mention earlier but uh maya rudolph's character uh cynthia utram um you told me at one point oh yeah i mean yeah. i just yeah should we say i don't want to spoil this for people who don't know follow your heart follow my heart <laughs> <laughs> My heart's wherever you are. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, okay, I'll say it. Yeah. Utram is the name of the aliens in this universe that created the ooze. Um, so I don't know if they're going that route. This version. Or if they're just using the name and being yeah. like, ah, this. It's an Easter egg if you get it. <laughs> this Eastern European woman yeah. created the ooze. <laughs> uh, this version kind of implies that, um, what's his name? Baxter made the ooze and yeah. it's not, it doesn't have alien origins. But so like, 
uh, Jeff Rowe said in an interview, there was a lot of things that we were skated past and we t- took a lot of time to make it really operate from a place of character and relatability that I think will be shockingly emotional. The goal early on in our conversation with Seth Rogen, where we want people to leave the theater and be like, I can't believe I just cried at a Ninja Turtles movie. Um, but mm. another part of that interview was he was saying like they had a, in order to make it more relatable, they had to make it the word that he used was more logical, which I feel like you're got you've got teenage and mutant and ninja and turtle in the title of your thing you don't necessarily need to have logic as a factor of yeah that. this was never a franchise that was a grounded franchise this was right. not christopher nolan's the batman like but i get what he means in terms of like maybe let's leave the aliens out of this equation for this yeah, particular version fair. yeah it's not necessary but... yeah but the relatability of like We've talked about the parenting aspect a lot. It really feels like this movie was made for uh, fans of the franchise who now have kids and want, and like, this is a a easier way to introduce your kids to this franchise too. Um, Also, Shredder was originally the villain of the movie, but then they changed it to fellow, or to Superfly, and like a fellow mutant that the turtles would then be able to relate to because they've been so isolated and then you meet someone that you can kind of look up to and then oh no they're not who mm-hmm. you thought they were um and they we, wanted that to be an element of the story as well we get a post credit scene yes. where we see shredder mm-hmm. and for those of you who don't know shredder is like the the bad guy yeah of this franchise he's the head of the foot yes he's the neck of the fo- he's the ankle of the foot <laughs> <laughs> Um, like we mentioned, the voice recording was done in groups, not in individual sessions. Um, I do really like the dialogue of the movie. A lot of yeah, it was, no, I agree with that. a lot of it was improvised, which I always, I, I always feel iffy about saying that something was improvised. Cause I feel like that implies like yes ending, like mm-hmm. improvise exercises versus just like, they're just talking to each other. Like yeah. they're just having a good time. Yeah um yeah it's a good dynamic between all of them um so there is a follow-up tv show in some stage of production for paramount plus called tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles and there is a sequel film in development so So it's ttmnt yeah (laughs) according to variety two seasons of the show are currently planned oh wow and bridge between the two films um, and then the show will be 2D animation and all four uh, Ninja Turtle voice actors will be staying on for the show. I don't know about anyone else. can't imagine they got Jackie for that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that they're switching to 2D. I wonder how much the art style will change. Yeah, I'm guessing it's so much cheaper. I'm guessing it's shorter yeah. than like all of all of that layers and texture and everything like that um i also read as part of the description for the show that it really seems like it isolates the brothers from each other i don't know if it's showing them navigating high school oh because they find their own groups and then they have to come back together defeat shredder in the movie something like that it's like um part of the post credits slash credits of the movie is showing them in kind of their tropey things but it's like home videos essentially of them experiencing high school um they are fully embraced by the school like 
Yeah, I just want to say how another thing with Splinter being so nervous that the, that them being able to go to high school at the end of the movie mm-hmm. makes no sense. In no world, even if he's like, oh, okay, humans do accept us, he's not going to say, yeah, go to high school because that is so irresponsible. <laughs> Clearly, they just made enemies. Clearly, they just made enemies. Yeah. They just got milked 15 minutes prior. <laughs> And now they're like, yeah, we're going to send you to a public institution where you can be followed back to our private little secluded sewer home. Mm-hmm. No, no. What? You go missing one day and then New York is like, hey, what happened to those turtles? We should probably investigate. No, they're not going to investigate. Uh-uh. They're going to be like, I guess they died. I guess they're in a soup now. <laughs> right. That's that's what's going to happen. I do not approve. You want them to be homeschooled? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> the home videos show them in like uh the the techie one is with like the coders and then the improv one is doing the improv and yeah. the jock one is doing wrestling yeah. and the other one is with april yeah um <laughs> yeah he's what the kids would call a simp yeah so i i thought that was interesting when we watched it in the theater like the kind of the final images that we have of them besides them all being at the homecoming dance um the final images that we have of them is them all separated from each other so it seems like the show will continue that and i don't Mm -hmm. know how isolated they are like how how much of it is like the plot is isolating them and how much is them just being teenagers who don't want to hang out with their brothers right now um that that is interesting i mean a big theme throughout all all of the media mm -hmm. of the turtles is like the brothers are stronger when they are together right um so i can see that being a thing yeah um another random thing that we kind of touched on earlier um and i thought of it because like when the turtles first have their plan of like we'll stop superfly and then everyone will love us then they're like it's over exaggerated of like they say a guy from the Bronx or something is like, I'm from the Bronx. I love the turtles. And someone's like, sign my baby. And then you see that actually happen yeah. in the, when everything is saved and whatever. Um, the April has the vomit gif thing, um, which is like not a huge fan of vomit humor or like bodily function humor, <laughs> as we've talked about in the Unless it's come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that here either, because <laughs> they are again minors. <laughs> well, I, I, I have to take it nope. there. I wasn't saying Fido. that. I wasn't saying that. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Part of the expectations of like everything's cool now is like april wanted to stop superfly so that like people would remember her for something different than just vomiting and then you see her at the end and like also the same expectations people being like <laughs> even on her locker it's like it's scribbled out like vomit girl and now it says cool girl or yeah. something like that and it's just like no people would still call you vomit girl mm-hmm. every once in a while yeah. <laughs> that's just how teenagers work <laughs> But now it would be said with admiration. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> vomit girl. <laughs> <sighs> uh, my last few things that I have um, are, like, basically everyone who's credited as, like, uh, 
actual voice actor on this they have relatively few lines so it's kind of cameos anyway but other cameos uh kevin eastman who is co-creator of the teenage mutant ninja turtles has a voice cameo as the human who helps splinter up in the movie's climax and the character is credited as good human (laughs) um and then the co-director jeff rowe also has a cameo and is credited as a man who loves being young and free to go places sure yep good for jeff Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do like that they got kevin eastman yeah to be something in it he's pretty happy with it with the movie um from everything that i can see he's he seems excited with um maybe i don't know like specifically the direction it's going but the fact that it has impacted a younger generation and i think that part is great yeah i love that younger generations are still into this but Mm -hmm. the story is not great but it's fine Anything else we want to talk about before we get to our ratings? Nope. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Ratings! (laughs) We have a rating system uh, which is out of four with five options. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zero out of four is, oh no, you should stop making movies. (laughs) Uh, One out of four is, that certainly was a movie. Mm -hmm. We watched a movie. Two is, this is a well-made movie. Um, It used to be different in our first few episodes it used to be something else but at this point it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. now that's a well-made movie it's always movie. been a well-made movie yeah. now three is enjoyable and kind of technically good mm-hmm. um four is oscar worthy what's your rating my rating is a two out of four i'm shocked i've never heard this information before yeah um because it is it's a well-made it's a well-made movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I did say I enjoyed this movie. So, I, you know, based off of our description, I should probably have this as a three out of four. But there's mo- more things I didn't like about this movie than I liked. So it's it's it got knocked down to a two out of four. Mm-hmm. What's mine. your? Mine. Drum roll. <laughs> it's a wet one. <laughs> it's a three out of four. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, that was worth wet drum roll. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoyed this movie. Again, I really like the vibes. If I don't think about it, like, if I don't break it down super hard, then... Break it down now. It's, you know, it then it seems great yeah it's obviously got a couple of things that i would like it to do differently or just like in a more interesting direction but again it's a kid's movie yeah. it's not geared for me and that's fine i yeah, guess well, i'm gonna act like it was <laughs> <laughs> but i do really like it and that there are a lot more positives than negatives for me mm-hmm. as a, a casual observer i'm just yeah. too too much of a a knowledged person when it comes you're just too smart i'm too smart for this movie (laughs) (laughs) no just in terms of ninja turtles knowledge i just i was too too established in my head of that's fair yeah. yeah all right well another thing that we always talk about after we talk about our main movie for the episode which you know is over now um we talk about a different movie that we watched uh, recently, because mm-hmm. um, we watch movies, brag, uh, not just movies that have come out this year. I can't 
I don't know what movie you and I have watched. Um, it can be whatever. But I watched the other night uh, when I slept on this couch. Mm-hmm. Um, Grease. And I gotta say, I, I'm I'm into Grease. <laughs> I don't hot take. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Because it doesn't really feel like a movie I'd be into. Um, I don't know. I don't typically like musicals. I will say I like screen on-screen musicals. So like if there's a musical yeah. episode or like a musical movie, I am more into it then. You're not a huge musical person, but you are a um, cheesy teen rom-com person. That's true. And this is such a goofy movie. Yeah. And I th- just think it's so, so funny. I... I love, I just, I love it. Danny Zuko is so, yeah, so silly. And I don't think it would have worked with anyone outside of John Travolta <laughs> playing him. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else c- could give off the wonderful vibes that he gives when he sees Sandy at the high school for the first time. And mm-hmm. he goes, Sandy! <laughs> like, I just don't think anyone else could have done it. <laughs> Um, I can talk about a movie that I've watched recently then, mm-hmm. uh, Young Frankenstein, mm. um, watched that the other night, had a similar thing of like, I don't think anyone else can be Frankenstein for no. this one of just like, I mean, it's like one of those, another one of those random film facts that people repeat all the time of like, everyone had such a good time making this movie that they made it longer so that everyone could keep working on it. <laughs> and that's just really great. Yeah. And it's a good movie with so many silly little movie. bits that i will say that is definitely a better movie than greece yeah and i i probably like young frankenstein more than i like greece mm-hmm. so like i do i am aware okay <laughs> okay all right you don't have to come at me okay in the comments <laughs> <laughs> or you can <laughs> transition segue uh yeah <laughs> um let us know if you have questions in the comments, mm-hmm. um, we we do we do a show now. Um, it's it should be out already by the time this episode airs. By the time this one, yeah, yeah, uh, called Virtual House Sessions, where a lot of that is you know interacting with the community, mm-hmm. talking, answering questions, reading comments, just that kind of stuff. Giving updates on different projects that we're working yeah. on. So if you have comments on our reviews, if you disagree, if you agree, let us know. If you have questions about the movies, let us know. Mm-hmm. If there's a movie you want us to discuss, let us know. That is going to be a monthly podcast, um, so there might be a little bit of a delay to responding yeah. to questions, comments, hopes and dreams, etc. And But it we will, and we'll do it there. We'll also be a Patreon show as of right now yeah right now we're saying it's a patreon show that might change who knows mm-hmm. um but the first episode is free for everyone so yeah yeah uh thank you for watching slash listening i hope you enjoyed this episode follow and review us places if you want yeah instagram uh any of your your podcast listening places mm-hmm. follow it because the way that all of those dumb services work is that even if you look up the podcast word for word, it shows you 
similar podcasts similar that podcasts already that, have views yeah, yeah that yeah. have like more views or established or getting they're getting more traffic yeah so the more traffic we get the, the bigger we can become the easier it is to find yeah. which would be super convenient <laughs> so follow us on instagram support our patreon and and you know thanks for listening thanks for listening we will see you next week bye